got through those those moments those really difficult moments was understanding your why so why am i doing this well let's go back to the start isaac when you said yes and then you literally relayed a story to yourself whilst you're there to remind yourself why you're doing it and that that was incredibly powerful Hello and welcome to the Helping Organisations Thrive podcast. This is your host, Julian Roberts. This podcast is to provide leaders with insights, discussions and robust strategies to help their companies thrive. We'll be interviewing business leaders, owners, experts and thought leaders in the field of business resilience. Do enjoy the episode. Welcome to Helping Organisations Thrive. Uh, today, I have Isaac uh, Kenyon on the show. Uh, welcome, Isaac. Thank you very much. Looking forward to being part of this. Yes, it's good to have you on the show and good to connect with you and speak with you already. Uh, so you've um, created and led numerous expeditions. Uh, you've, here's just a few of them. I'm sure there's others I've probably missed. Uh, you've completed a relay swim across the English Channel. Uh, you've summited uh, Mount Kilimanjaro in four days. Uh, quite incredible and you've broke world and british records for the lightweight longest solo continual ergometer uh, row clocking 83 hours with no sleep um just uh, just on the side here you've rode across the atlantic in 40 days uh, and also you've uh, cycled um both on land and on sea which is interesting from orkney to the isle of Scilly uh, 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 uh in 14 days so You've done a lot of stuff. You're you're, you're you sort of call yourself sort of a, an eco adventure, sort of energy transition spatial analyst researcher. Um, you are um, sort of a trustee also of the, of the Mind Mental Health Charity as well. And so you're here to sort of make a positive difference, make an impact. And today we're going to be exploring um, about purpose because clearly there's something about you something behind all this that's driving you that's pushing you forward to do these very extreme um um adventures really and i guess for me this the first two questions i'd like to, to ask is what for you is purpose and then then what is your purpose as well so that's the sort of uh, so how would you define purpose and then what is is, is your purpose Julian, always the best question, that one. <laughs> Straight to the <laughs> nitty-gritty, deepest part. Um, yeah, so purpose, I would say, defined for myself is something that I enjoy uh, is really important. So, you know, something doing things that I enjoy that also leave an impact on others where they can enjoy too. So it's kind of very simple, simplistic in that, in that term. Um, and then finding what I enjoy has been quite a journey. <laughs> um, it's, it's, it's almost like when you're trying to find which food you like, um, it's what sort of activities you do. You know, life is life has got, uh, um, I mean, an array of millions of things that you can get involved in. And it's kind of finding those niches that you really, really like. And a lot of that has been sort of purpose finding, I guess. And that's been exploring different types of activities, whether that's singing, whether that's writing, whether that's you know, academia or adventures for me outdoors is i've been trying to tap into everything and trying to find where i where i fit and it has been i really enjoy the outdoors and nature um it gives me the best respite it gives me the best at, sort of outlook on my mental health and my physical health and also it challenges me spiritually physically and mentally at the same time 
which I didn't find from other things like reading a book. Um, so that, that, that for me is that's the finest purpose. And I guess my purpose right now is still to find the, uh, the, the things that I really like and enjoy. And I'm still exploring, hence all these challenges. I do know that some of the best things I like to do are outdoor act- activities and adventures. Mm. So that's why I've kind of stuck with that sort of trait. And the last five or six years, I've really ramped it up because I've started to realize I, this is what I enjoy the most. And I make um, a really good impact out of it. I can sort of draw attention from some of these audacious activities and drive them towards causes and things that are good for the planet, for the people. And so that that's what I'm doing at the moment. <laughs> Brilliant. And And where did this all start? I mean, in terms of, wanting to discover this purpose have you always had this sense of there's something bigger out there for me this i want to make an impact from a climate perspective i want to make an impact on other people there's always been something there when you're growing up or did you just suddenly one day think i need to do something about this Uh, what came first and all that i guess i had a nice upbringing of such um from my parents they my dad was a fisherman. He used to take me out camping. So I was kind of introduced to the outdoor world a little bit through through, through my dad. But I did spend a lot of time indoors uh, for years. Um, I, I come from Luton, which is um, kind of, it's not the nicest of towns. It's a nice, I, love, I love it. People may not say the same, but uh, it, it's seen as an airport. But the, the town itself has a lot of problems, social problems. And um, school is not, always the best place to be it's not the safest um and also going around the town is not safe so i spent a lot of time indoors my parents were very protective of me um and i used to basically spend a lot of time on screens so there was uh, i had these sort of respites where i go camping with my dad or i go fishing with him or something like that and it was just a it opened up a whole new world and mm. i knew that there was that was out there this sort of outdoorsy world but i wasn't quite finding it myself i was kind of being dragged there um sort of thing and i wanted to play pokemon all the time and play po- games like this when i got to university i had a bit more freedom um and i was in a nicer town nice people <laughs> a bit safer um and i was able to also kind of you know shed from p- parents uh kind of protecting and same time was that sort of digital revolution for me as well Mm. where everything went on digital um so that was what 10 10 10 or 12 years ago life started being organized through facebook social media just went crazy everyone was on social media um this was foreign to me um as part of my upbringing it was quite protected i didn't have a phone um until i was 18 I was very late to the party. I didn't have a laptop uh, till I went to uh, sixth form, which was 17 sort of years old. I got a laptop first time and I was just, you know, working out what email is and word documents and just getting my head around all of that. Then I came to university and then everyone was on uh, tech, like internet, Facebook profiles. So I kind of got jumped into this world a bit late and um there was a bit of a realization um through my university years that i was getting sucked into this this world that was uh digital and not real um i wasn't prepped for it i didn't have anyone educate me on it really other than friends saying get on it so that you can see what's happening Mm. that was the simplest way 
to for me and i i just kind of had started getting mental health problems uh based on just this sort of overwhelming amount of information and technology was just moving so fast and all my uh degrees as i was going through my degree it was so computer-based it got more and more computer-based and i just felt that my human spirit was being drained so i had a bit of a crisis point and that is where i think the change happened as you asked in the question was at that crisis point i was aware that there was another world out there that my dad showed me which was outdoors Mm. and adventure and it was calming you didn't have all this technology it's just you and you and the outdoor spaces it was more human um and then i was at university and i was so detached from my natural self um my inner chimp or whatever it's called called but some scientists say um that i had the 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 sort of mental health issues anxiety started coming through and i found that every time i would go out for walks in the woods and things like that it was such a glorious couple minutes it just relieved everything so I'd realized that I needed to change my life to orientate it a bit more around. So that was, that was more of a self self discovery as opposed to read something about something or somebody asked, told you about it or shared or inspired you. It was a self discovery that you realized actually I'm not feeling great. I've got this anxiety or with all the digital stuff going on. Um, you being outside, you start to, it started to go, did it? And that's what you sort of realized actually this is something, something's helping here. Yeah, I well, I have a bit of a science mindset, right? Experimenting and right. so I, was using, I started going to experiment myself. I was trying probing so, myself. Oh, so that was purposely you were sort of trying things out to, see, to try and help yourself. Yeah. So one of the things was um, I was trying to restrict my time on 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 screens. Like I was trying to change like my time. I was trying to do more uh, social interact. Like I was experimenting basically to see what was what would work, and outdoors was the best always it trumped everything i go outdoors even for half an hour i came back and i felt like a new person i've just woken up again it was just really really great to just get all the the notifications the information out of the head mm. clear the space it's like why is honestly i felt like when i was doing my degree i felt like i had a whiteboard which i was just writing on and just filling up throughout the day then when i would go outside i would literally wipe that clean and it would just go back to blank again and then I come back in and fresh. Different perspective also helped with my degree a bit towards towards the end as well when I was having these breaks. And I mean, it's simple stuff, but you're not really told it. It's mm. it's not like the lecturers wouldn't say go out for a walk and come back and then think about the problem. Like they would never say that. They would just say, "Have you thought of it in this light?" Which maybe read this book. Continue. Yeah, <laughs> it, yeah. It, it was uh, yeah. It was it's a simple thing, but I wish I had uh, this sort of knowledge when i was younger so i didn't have to go so extreme and get to a crisis point could manage it beforehand and so 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 you you start to discover that being outside with nature uh helped you with your mental health help with, help with your anxiety and almost give you that sort of refreshed you really which is great and, and people are encouraged to do that nowadays you know especially with people working from home and more remote based encouraged to go out for a walk go for a run do something do something to get out and get amongst nature and that's a and there's some lot of science behind that and a lot of um um real studies that are done for that it's really encouraged that because uh, it lowers your cortisol levels and everything else so it does reduce that anxiety um how do we go from that <laughs> to the <laughs> which is 
what I would say normal people do <laughs> um, to something where you then go and row the Atlantic or you uh, really go for some extreme because there's something different there, isn't there? there, there well, there's a little you've bit got of the a, exercise. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but there's a little bit of a gear change there that not everybody does. And so what what was the driver that, that got you to that place where now you do these massive things, uh, extreme sort of uh, goals and ambitions, I guess? I guess I, I needed to occupy myself with something else as well as a sort of work to just take my mind off things at times and I found exercise was always the best way so when I was going outdoors running or whatever it was nice to have like sort of aims and goals and then over time I started to realize that at my my favorite moments were outdoors and sport together combined and hmm. um, that's where I was getting all the endorphins I was getting feel good factors um from reaching goals um and also i was spending time outside i was getting oxygen sunlight whatever so i didn't mention earlier that whilst i was indoors all the time all my sport was indoors as well so i was swimming a lot in a pool so when i was a kid i was swimming from the age of like 11 years old up until 18 years old and i was going to a pool pretty much in the mornings before school after school i was doing lots of competitive swimming so i had a lot of um excess energy anyway as a child and i was thrown into a pool to get rid of that to help parents <laughs> um yeah i mean some people have just too much uh dynamo <laughs> i need and i need to be uh, underwater so no one can hear them <laughs> so uh, yeah i was thrown into a pool and um with with that so i had a lot of sport with with me before i went to university and mm. i found that combining then the outdoors with the sport was a good marry uh, and mm. then since then i um kind of got a bit I wouldn't say bored, but there comes a point where the challenge of you know swimming up and down in a pool gets old, and I wanted something fresh. Um, mm. So decided to kind of up the, up the challenge and do open water swimming. Um, just re started researching like online using the internet at this point because I was starting to get competent with that um, <laughs> of different things you could do with uh, sport um, like swimming and open water swimming was something that was interesting i thought oh, i'll try that you know where you wear wet so you go in cold water or whatever um let's see what that's like and then from there there was this challenge like do the english channel and i thought that would be a really good way to incentivize this so i took it as a big project that then i would have to force myself to change lifestyle to fit so i would do uh, more training um, outdoors swimming and it was for a reason and a goal that was kind of audacious rather than just going into mm. a lake and just swimming about for the sake of it it was like i'm doing it for this and i always found that you know I w when i went to university why am i start i'm doing this so that i can have this particular degree so i can go into this sort of industry so that i can work in i don't know the energy industry so for me when we go back to that purpose thing that outdoor swimming it needed for me to really make the leap. I needed a goal that to go with it, um, and then the English Channel was there, so I decided to give it give it a push. Read about it; it was looking, it was just a curiosity thing. Oh, this is going to be one of the hardest things you've ever done. Blah blah. blah. You know, you're going to have 
uh, cold water immersion for X amount of time. It's going to be this much distance, loads of endurance. It's going to be difficult, that sort of thing. And I was like, oh, um, I'm not really put myself in sort of a survivally type risky thing like that before. So I was a bit curious. Um, and that's that's kind of how this, this first step did. Did it once. Uh, the English Channel is a relay. Um, some other team members joined me on it who wanted to do same similar sort of vibe curiosity i guess um to see what they could do and then from that point um i absolutely loved it but what i loved most out of it was as we were building our campaign to to do this um english channel when we were talking to people about we're doing it there was a lot of talk let's raise money for charity and that's where i think the turning point really happened with the audacious challenges was that you can have this big adventure that is good for my mental health focus and purpose um, but also it can drive uh, an impact to so- something else. And mm. that that was kind of what got me hooked was that I can then help others through the means of doing something that helps myself as well. So it's like a multi-win sort of situation. And I was really shocked at how um, interested people are on the challenge and why you do the challenge. Um, like this it's like well mm. why, why would you swim the english channel it's like well we had a partnership with um, a disabled swim charity um whilst 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 i was at swimming club at, at the university where where it all sort of began this uh open water swimming english channel sort of thing and the um disabled swim charity what you do is you take disabled people you push them into the water with these um, specialized chairs wheelchairs and then you would spend some time just like allowing them to like move around the water so they can get some exercise and they can chat to you and it's really oh. good social interaction so that's what the charity was and we were thinking we'll raise money for that charity by doing this english channel swim and the impact was just oh, i i loved it honestly i don't at that point i don't think i've ever done something so special wow. ever at that point i thought i got i want to do more of this i want to do more uh, outdoor pushy adventures mm. to raise awareness of social causes um those social causes have changed over the time you know the ones mm. i've been involved in but I've, I've probably done about four or five now um but the ones i've started to do recently are probably more closer to um my heart i guess more so now mm. i mean it's amazing you've, you've you've done a relay swim across the channel um and the realization at that point that created this sense of doing something bigger than yourself or for something else rather than just for your own sort of well-being and doing a challenge actually you, you tied it in with this charity which felt that you were helping and giving back i guess in a sense just going back to when you set something quite big as a goal and something quite extreme is it the goal itself of achieving it or is the goal you're going for is creates this process that helps you or is it a bit of both is it the process piece that you're more interested in yeah it's the process piece i i always when i do these challenges i always feel sad at the end of them (laughs) everyone is everyone's like what like you should be celebrating like yeah you've done it like rock on like i don't honestly when i did the atlantic row the last two days were the saddest days that's interesting I prefer that, you know, the process, the challenge, getting there, the reasons why, what we're doing, and then knowing that the journey's is over towards the end, the journey's over. It's kind of that sort of low of 
okay, I've I've kind of lost a, a, a you know I've been shook. I've lost a bit of purpose here um, because now I you know once the journey is end ends, what do I do with myself? So then you you uh, end up going back to the drawing board. So some people what they do is they feel really happy uh, and when they do these outdoor challenges like big ones like Atlantic Row, and then they have this big drop later. My drop seems to come a bit ahead, maybe because I'm a forward thinker. I'm not sure, but um, my, my drop is like, oh, I've really enjoyed being outdoors for this extended period of time, doing this big challenge, overcoming these these barriers, and then obviously, you know, helping um, people, raising the awareness piece. That all comes through the challenge, and then towards the end of the challenge, there's that big PR, usually big PR bit where it's like, oh, this has happened, and charity gets a, a mention and stuff but then it kind of dies off um but recently i've changed that so i've i've, I've worked a, a way to overcome that bit now um but that that was yeah that was one of the hardest parts of the first few challenges i did was the end part mm. and, and then so that so the driver for these extreme goals then is to create something for you to help with your mental health i guess that's is that that's is it, would that be fair to say in terms of what, what drives you to sort of think i know there's, yes. a, there's, a, there's another purpose of a, of helping others and the impact you have as well but is that sort of the sort of main driver fundamentally yes i would say it, i'm not going to lie it comes from a selfish place i've been suffering and i've been using it as a way to to improve my outlook and and purpose and and drive mm. but at the same time if I can help myself, I can help others. So in the unselfish way, I also extend it out to what these sort of projects that help me, I extend it out so it can help others as well at the same time. And when you think of these big, extreme ambitions, these goals, where do you get the ideas for them? Because obviously they're all... Obviously, they're all linked to sport. There's some sort of activity based, obviously. Um, but what makes you, I don't know, what sort of thinks about your next challenge and going from you know, swimming a, a channel to um, Kilimanjaro through to rowing the Atlantic and and then cycling Orkney Islands all the way down. So, what makes you think of these different ideas? Is it is that driven out of just oh, I saw something, or is it now related more to your more your cause or what you're trying to do in terms of raising awareness yes um so with the eco adventuring type stuff yeah things have changed i guess um the style of of these challenges have changed a lot since since having that more focus i mean the environmental strain to what i do now is mainly the environment protects me as i've discussed so i want to protect it and um, mm. it's as simple as that um, but the outdoors um, challenges, how I come up with them, can be through conversations, through something I've seen, uh, to how does this fit in terms of a challenge for me? Mm. So an Atlantic row, I'd never rowed before. I'd never sailed before. I'd never done anything other than that English Channel swim. And the Kilimanjaro was like, they're not exactly things that are going to super help you for this. Um, so when I choose a challenge, it's something that really throws me out of the comfort zone and I really have to learn and, and, and uh, get stuck in with a, 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 it's kind of a lot of research at the beginning. I, I really enjoy that part mm. um, researching about w what is this sport? How does it work? 
then um, applying my knowledge and actually doing the sport and working out the sport and then applying that in an environment that perhaps I don't know about. So working out how does that sport relate to that environment? So there's a lot of variables and I quite mm. like overcoming those obstacles. Like if you said to me, oh, you swam the English Channel, would you now swim it? Swim it again, uh, maybe solo. Then I would say yes, but would you swim as a relay? I'll be like, oh, I'm not sure because I've, I've, it would be like a simulation. I've really gone through that. It's, it wouldn't, it wouldn't provide so much platform of audacity. Mm. Um, and I guess it, it's if you're looking for something to, because we're always looking for a better version of ourselves, aren't we? Looking to sort of grow, and by doing that, we get uncomfortable. We get in that zone of being uncomfortable. And as you say, you've you've swam it in a relay. Although doing it again would be still still tough and still challenging, but you've sort of been there. And yes, that's that's experience and that's helpful. But actually, for you to grow more or be more stretched, doing it solo or swimming around Great Britain, for example, or something like that, something slightly different that's a bit more pushing you and taking to another level, I guess, isn't it? Yes, and I did find that endurance and time in the sport, the longer I would do a challenge the more uh, i would learn about myself and um create create more of a platform uh, impact so the longer the challenge was the more uh, audacious it sounds for people to get attracted to whatever it is that means i can drive those uh, that audience to to a social cause so it has more impact in that mm. sense and then also it's more challenging mentally and physically um than a shorter challenge so a relay now to me would be for most people they would think that's quite a long thing but for me i think that's quite short um mm. and and that wouldn't that wouldn't challenge me um in that sense anymore so i would have to do a solo to for it, it for it to be like um something that would elevate and push mm. like, to grow as a person as as well as um elevate a, a, a message for for social cause and we're not just talking physical challenge here because with all these, there is obviously a physical aspect. But in some ways, the bit that's going to get you across is the mental uh, sort of resilience and mental toughness that keeps you going when, you know, if you're rowing the Atlantic in 40 days, there's moments when it must be absolutely really tough and thinking, how, do I, how, do, how are we going to carry on with this? A, physically, mentally, emotionally, isn't it? Yes, yeah. I find actually the most difficult mental, emotional part is saying yes at the beginning to yourself. Like when you decide to do this big audacious challenge, that decision, some people don't think of it properly. So some people may just say yes to it and then move, go and just go go with it without even thinking about it. I spend some time, a lot of time before committing. So when I say yes to something, it's a real commit and it's like it's all of me is going into this. I'm going to put mm. all my effort into this. And that's where I think the the biggest emotional um, and mental part comes from that moment you commit. Um, doing it should be easier because you've spent two, X amount of time to prepare mentally. Mm. The preparation starts from the beginning, the yes or the, yeah. the commitment. That's the first part of prep. Um and I find that's the toughest part because you're at the you're right at the bottom of the mountain, um, and then by the time you're in the middle of the Atlantic, you're almost at the top of the mountain. And then when you're two days out, you feel like you've summited it, and it's the journey is almost over. But yeah, 
Interesting. Making that sure that that commitment. Um, out of all the challenges you've done so far to date, um, what would be ranked as your your toughest challenge? The, the one of the most difficult, harder, or in, in whatever context you you take that. The one that has probably left me with the most, I guess, food for thoughts. Where I went into the deepest part of my soul was the uh, long long row on indoor rowing machine. It's funny that I didn't even move anywhere. I, I the one you were inside as well. <laughs> yeah, this was the most challenging challenge I've ever done. Um, nothing has come close to it. Nothing has since 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 I've done it. It's just been like wow, um, three three days, ten hours nonstop rowing. I just tapped into so many different thought processes of mental toughness that. When I came out of that that row, made my Atlantic a lot easier. That for that was for sure. So, what what was the the purpose behind doing that that row, that indoor row? Then, in terms of obviously, you went for the world record, you got a world record with it. Yeah. Um, what what was? Why did you do that? So there was two two bits. There was fear. Weirdly, the Atlantic row that we had coming up was um later on in in that year and there was that fear of will my body mind be able to deal with this uh lack of sleep this amount of rowing can can i actually do this so so hard to prepare for 40 days of rowing on like out of seats just how do you prefer really prepare for that like you can't simulate it um so when i was doing english channel training you know it's time in water I'd do like four to five hours of cold water in a lake or along the sea. I could kind of get a feel of that, you know, what's going to be like. And then, you know, you, you had the rowing boat um, for the Atlantic Road. We did have the rowing boat, but we weren't doing anything longer than, you know, two two days or so. So you, with uh, sort of the Atlantic Road, there's a lot of sleep deprivation. So how do you prepare for the sleep deprivation um, and, 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 and the rowing? How does your mind and body react? how does nutrition affect you in in that instance so i put myself in a a, i guess an accelerated uh version of the atlantic uh where you would make not sleep for x amount of days how does the food that you're eating impact your rowing how how does your rowing change um how can you stay awake what can you do to stay awake um what what goes on in the mind in those in those situations so it was very much an experiment that whole thing was just an experiment to overcome fear and then the second tangent was it's obviously another way a platform to say we are competent rowers we're rowing the atlantic um would you support our our mission with some finances so it was another way to draw in some money as well um but yeah it was two two in one mainly so it was a a great sort of a great test of obviously your physical and your mental and and did you intend to go for the record that was the the sort of the goal of that session or was it just i'll just keep going see how long i can go or the good thing with having i guess the record was that it gave you a goal to to aspire to 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 go for so yeah that was that was the main reason was to go go for the goal uh so that we had something to aim for and then whatever we did above that was just plus. Um, so yeah, it was it was to do that. So there must so, have been some real sort of, I guess, dark moments during those three days or so. And 
just explain what they were and, and how did you mentally get out of it? Because obviously to keep going for that long without any sleep and, you know, and all the nutrition side of things, it must be quite tough. It was, it was very tough. I, I think the, 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 the dark moments, they would often come in the, in the night. So after sort of 12 a.m., uh, and between 12 a.m. and sort of 5 a.m. was 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 the toughest moments where you've, you've the sleep, the circadian rhythm was just screaming, go to sleep. Um, and when you are like in that position, you start having a bit of mental health chat with yourself. <laughs> you can do this positive reinforcement. You can get past this. You can do this. And it's like literally even sometimes saying it out loud um, and just trying to beat the negative thoughts of, why are you doing this? You're going to, you're just going to kill yourself. You're going to go sleep. You know, there was a lot of that going on. Um, and one of the, I guess, big things that kind of got through those, those moments, those really difficult moments was understanding your why. So why am I doing this? Well, let's go back to the start. Isaac, when you said yes, and then you literally relayed a story to yourself whilst you're there to remind yourself why you're doing it and that that was incredibly powerful so the reason why was this is an experiment to see how things will be on the atlantic if you're going to do the atlantic row which is going to raise a lot of awareness and money for the charity at the time was multiple sclerosis then you've you've got a, a lot to answer to so there was a bit of like you've told everyone you're going to do this you've also uh, told yourself you're going to do this uh, are you going to live with the fact that you've giving up and uh it was kind of like well to be honest no one would really care except myself but can i live with the fact that i gave up no i don't mind if everyone forgets about that but i will always remember that and i'm Ooh. that type of person who will always know in the back of my mind i probably could have carried on but i didn't and that was that was kind of the driver um so although yeah you've told thousands of people that you're doing this challenge and everyone knows you're doing this challenge at the end of the day that will get forgot that will be forgotten but will it be forgotten for you mm. and um that was something i couldn't live with <laughs> <laughs> it, do you know what there comes a point where you're competitive with yourself so much <laughs> yes. and and that that was that was that that was my moment so in those dark moments it was very much like yeah you're you're competing with yourself right now um and it was all about just positive reinforcement being like you can you can keep going just relaying that and then breaking it down into very minute pieces so thinking of every single minute you know how is my own straight form so as soon as those negative emote things would come what i do is i'd distract myself and i'll be like okay this this sucks i'm not gonna lie it it sucks right now but how's my rowing technique and then <laughs> <laughs> oh my right leg is not straight enough and like or i'm i'm not pulling uh all the way back and and then suddenly you start improving your your, your technique and it, it's like oh well done good stuff and then it switches out the mindset uh or maybe i need some food what should i have to eat ah oh, i've got this i've got that and then you start thinking about that so it's just a lot of a lot of that sort of conversations um mm. that, that were quite useful and it's breaking it down to minute sections. So I would eat every 15, 15 minutes. I know oh, I've got 15 minutes and I'm going to have my snack break. That's going to be really nice enjoyment. Have a break. So I'll think about that. So this is breaking it down. 
So for, you know, three days to 11 hours, I I was probably doing in my mind shifts of 15 minutes. (laughs) Every 15 minutes was different. You know, you'd have a 15 minutes of negativity uh, that you had to try and like do all these distraction techniques. And then you'd have 15 minutes where you're feeling great and everything's going smoothly. And then you would have 15 minutes of negativity again. It was very much like that the whole time. Well, it's an incredible achievement and uh, it's really interesting to hear how you handled those tough moments, which, you know, using going back to your why, going back to that sense of I made a commitment to do this, uh, which is really important. That sense of, you know, beating yourself, competing with yourself, which is, I think it's really important because, we, you know, we always get caught up with comparing ourselves, but actually just creating a better version of yourself. But interesting, you did a, they call it meta cognition, where we, almost start having a narrative on our thinking like you started to talk about your style your form and and that actually helps us mentally and helps us almost get a bit more mindful as well and takes away that sense of stress because you're almost viewing yourself from almost a third person really yeah yeah and and that process actually calms you down and starts making you know why why are you rowing like that and well you need to do think more about your breathing or and 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 actually it's it's a really effective tool to do when you're in a stressful situation or a a situation when you're feeling really difficult like you were uh so it's interesting how you you developed that throughout the program you knew about that before and i guess all these things were they things you learned in the moment or did you have some idea as you went into this process of what you might do or you didn't really know what how you're going to get through it to be honest experiments very experiments isaac (laughs) very experimental just try and like i I like to throw my play- myself into situations and approach it. If it's not going right, why is it not going right? Okay, let's approach it a different angle. And, and then eventually some things stick and it's like, oh, that is a go-to. That is a go-to. Um, since I've got, you know, gotten into this whole talking about sort of different mindsets and skill sets, I have done more research. So when you just brought up something that I've recently only just uncovered myself um, through, through research, but a lot, of, a lot of those things back then, I was in my early years of doing, getting into this. Mm. I wasn't really, I wasn't really ahead of the game there. <laughs> <laughs> I was uh, working it out. <laughs> well, you, you've 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 done all right, and I guess through all this, I guess um, extreme adventure and, and and pushing yourself and learning mental ways of handling things and difficulty. How has that helped you in a, in the work context? And um, you know, as, as I guess that has made is it made work challenges a breeze, or in terms of how you handle it, how you deal with it? I find work still v- quite difficult because a lot of it's digital for me. Um, right. So yeah, so I I do tend to. I mean, we're doing this podcast digitally, but the uh, the, the 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 balance. All I have found is that I do need that balance of sport and outdoors with my work. So it, it's 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 pretty tricky for me to have a whole day of just meetings online, doing emails. That, that's really hard, and I know it's hard. I know it will be hard if I have that booked up ahead and I'm see I see Thursday. Well, that looks like a horrible day, right? I need to change that because I will start like I'll throw in outdoor activities into that day to break it, to break it up into into a nicer maybe even try and reschedule meetings, whatever it takes, just to, to keep that balance and well, well, well-being there. I think that's really, really key. Um, 
in the workplace to to make sure that you are looking after yourself mm. it's very easy to be a robot nowadays because tech is 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 a robot and <laughs> we are using tech so excessively that we're almost becoming slaves to the robot mm. and um you know we can't keep up with the robot's pace because the robot doesn't switch off whilst humans do need to switch off and yeah. that's that's where the challenges lie for me in the workplace but then there are things like conflict resolution um team building you know that sort of accountability responsibility of tasks i find that really easy now and mm. that that sort of stuff comes second nature to me based from these outdoor activities and adventures where you, you're managing some some of these quite big projects um doing very audacious things under extremely high pressure conditions you know rowing in the atlantic ocean or rowing for three days straight or something like this is quite a lot on the mind uh, mm. and, and, and emotionally so being able to control your emotions your reactions and keep a steady head in those difficult times i mean you can you can take that into the workplace um so when we've got loads of deadlines going on and everyone needs to work very hard having that sort of reminder of yeah we can work really hard or but we can also work very stupid as well at the same time by burning ourselves out and that's not going to get us anywhere so let's try and bring in some well-being into this and let's also like take a step back let's uh talk about accountability who you know mm. is everyone accountable for their actions here or are we all um kind of lying to ourselves that we can do all these things but we can't and we're not being truthful or authentic so you know when i talk about my why in those adventures that's me talking to my authentic self and mm. being truthful to what i said you know i've committed this yes i'm doing this you know i'm not lying and i could i could have easily just put the rowing machine down maybe people might not have even known walk on life but i would have lied to my authentic self you know i told myself i'd do it and i didn't so it's that sort of I do take that sort of mindset mm. into the workplace. I do try to promote sort of being open and honest about feelings, emotions, trustworthiness, that sort of thing. Um, I think that's really important. Otherwise, we <laughs> we won't we won't do so well in the workplace and we won't enjoy it. <laughs> now you make some important points there about, you know, making sure we in a work context or personal context is, you know, having a higher priority on our well-being and looking for ways that that works for each of us we're all different obviously um but we just know that you know getting in nature in some capacity is good for anybody um fact <laughs> so uh, whether that's a walk to a park you know some greenery you know down to the beach some sense of it doesn't have to be a physical exercise doesn't have to be an extreme stuff like that you're doing um it's just being outside and i think just yeah, or being with other people as well is really important. That social interaction with people physically, I'm talking not just the digital thing. Because I think we, you know, as much as we know the digital world is 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 powerful, the fact that you and I are doing this is really good. I don't have to spend half a day traveling and everything else. There's some real benefits, but it's making sure and you make a, a point about, you know, it's it's that technology is there to serve us, not that to be us for us to be a slave to it. And I think that's the thing, important thing is. Is making sure it's there to serve us, not to for us to become a slave to it. Um, just, just I suppose one last question: of all this challenges you've done, um, what surprised you about you over the number of years you've been doing this? I would say the biggest surprise is that I still 100% couldn't conclusively tell you 
exactly why I'm doing it. <laughs> I'm still figuring out. And that's an honest thing, you know, to anyone who's listening, life is sometimes people say they found their purpose. Some people are still mm. searching. I would say I'm still searching. I kind of know my purpose, but it, you know, I'm shaping it. I'm shaping. Mm. I'm definitely getting there. But yeah, after all these years and doing all these things, I'm still there, still looking. Well, it's been great talking to you, uh, Isaac, and uh, it's amazing what you've done. Um, it, it's Oh, it's brilliant, it's absolutely inspiring, and uh, you've done some amazing uh, feats, world records, uh, and it's, it's uh, well, well done for all that. Um, if people want to connect with you, want to engage with you, want to know a bit more about what you're doing and how they can support you, uh, how, how's best they can do that? Yeah, I'm very open to conversations and ideas. So, yeah, feel free to send me a message. I'm on www.isaacinion.com, and you'll find all my contacts there, you know, email phone number, social medias, Facebook, all of that stuff. Yeah. Well, thank you again for coming on today. Much appreciated. Thanks, Julian. That was a great convo. Thank you for taking the time to listen to this episode. If you do like this episode, then please do rate, review and share with your friends and colleagues. As a coaching practice, we coach high performing leaders and teams with extreme ambitions. We'll help you to go beyond what you believe is possible. If this sounds like you, then let's have a conversation with me. Contact me at julianrobertsconsulting.com.